they are honestly one of the few production houses that are open right now when it comes to new and custom content. So for brands that are spending, this outlet feels like one where they can not only see a lot of direct value in terms of sales happening right away, but also one of the few places that they can get new custom content created. So there's definitely a lot of value to focusing on influencers in this particular moment. Welcome back to Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Scudelari. Very excited to have you with us here this week. We hope you're all doing well. We hope you're all staying safe. We have an awesome episode lined up for you today. We are being joined by Lindsay Gerardus, the general manager of ShopStyle Collective. For those of you who don't know, ShopStyle Collective is a premier influencer network and monetization platform for content creators. It's an awesome platform. If you don't already belong to the platform, make sure you head over there and check it out, www.shopstylecollective.com. They help you with all sorts of monetization tools uh, from affiliate links to uh, brand campaigns. Uh, They have tools for your blog. They have tools for your Instagram. They have tools for YouTube, for Pinterest. A really wonderful platform, regardless of the type of influencer or content creator you are. So make sure you head over there and check them out. Really excited to chat with Lindsay. Lindsay is the general manager at ShopStyle Collective, as we talked about, but she has just a wealth of experience. Before she joined ShopStyle, she was actually the VP of Commerce, Content, and Strategy at Meredith Corporation, where she doubled the revenue from its affiliate marketing business two years in a row. She also served as an executive at Time, Inc., where she worked at you know, properties that you've all heard of, People, InStyle, Travel and Leisure Life, Entertainment Weekly, all major publications, and she oversaw product, engineering, growth, sales operations, business development, marketing, the editorial team. So she really has seen the industry from all angles and has brought this wealth of experience with her to ShopStyle Collective. So very excited to chat with Lindsay today. But before we get to the interview, first, a quick ask from us here at Trove. If you like what you hear on the podcast, if you find it helpful, if we've brought you value in any way, please Leave us that five-star rating. Give us that glowing review. It really helps us out, and we truly do appreciate it. But with that out of the way, let's get to our conversation with Lindsay. Lindsay, thanks so much for joining us today on Influencer Business. Thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. Before we get started, can you give us a little bit of background on ShopStyle Collective and the broader resources that come with the the whole Rakuten family? Sure. So um, ShopStyle Collective is uh, really one of the leading networks of content creators like influencers who are able to use our platform to leverage highly specialized tools that enable them to monetize across their blog, social network, and any other channel they're looking to drive um, their followers to. You know, we offer a number of services that we think are really valuable to our to our users. Um, we offer a lot in terms of best practices and support. So we really assist in blogger growth um, for influencers who are just starting out, as well as consultations for mega influencers. Uh, we sell into paid collaborations with retailers and brands. Um, and, you know, we select users for from our network to participate. And we've got lots of robust data dashboards, one of the most robust in the industry. And this really is important to us because transparency is one of the things that we're most proud of, especially in the influencer industry. Um, We've got really unparalleled transparency that our program provides in terms of the only collective is the only network that is geared towards influencers, which shares end-to-end transparency. So that means that influencers know not only what they earn, but also understand the sales and the conversion data tied to those earnings, which is so important because that level of transparency really provides influencers with the insight they need to make the most informed decisions about their business. So, you know, by learning what their audience is responding to, what they're clicking on, what they're converting on, um, in which channels is able, is gives them the ability to respond to, um, you know, make the best content decisions that they can make. So a lot of that is so important to content strategy. And we are so proud to be sort of leading the forefront when it comes to data and transparency. So that's, you know, a little bit about collective. We are um, owned by parent company Rakuten, which was really a a, a huge blessing for us. I mean, they're an industry leader um, in the affiliate space. And so it's been such a a great opportunity for us not only to have the backing of a huge um, digital company like Rakuten, which is a leader in the affiliate space, but also has a number of 
you know, um, businesses that they're supporting across a wide range of industries that we can collaborate with, but also just having, um, you know, a huge network coming from Rakuten Rewards that we can, you know, work with on best practices and um, all kinds of insights and collaboration that we can then, you know, use to help further our influencers business. Yeah, so you have this wonderful wealth of knowledge, tools, data that's coming from the parent company, but you have the ability as a smaller, you know, more nimble organization to do really cool and interesting things with the creators that you have on your platform. That's exactly right. And I think we are, um, I mean, honestly, that was so, uh, you know, I, I think you know, but I've really been with Collective only since the end of last year. And that was really one of the things that drove me to join this company is that it is a nimble startup that is so tied to the success of its content creators and so invested in growing, you know, influencers in their small businesses, but also has the backing of a large company. So we don't have to we, we can look a little bit more long-term. We can think about investing in the long-term because we have that stability of um, you know being owned by a larger company. Yeah, and you can invest in the long-term as well. Unfortunately, at a time like this, there are a lot of agencies and organizations working with influencers who are desperate themselves for that next paycheck that because they have to pay their own bills. And whereas you guys have a little bit more stability and can do things over the long term that, you know, might be lost leaders initially, uh, but really build a wonderful foundation for the future. I, I do want to dig in, though, because you might be relatively new in the last six months to ShopStyle Collective, but you're actually an industry veteran. So tell us a little bit about your experiences before coming to ShopStyle Collective. Yeah, I mean, so so the... um. So I have been working in media for almost 20 years. I came from the publishing industry um, and, uh, you know, I had been working at companies like Time Inc. and Meredith with, you know, huge brands like People and InStyle, um, Real Simple and um, Entertainment Weekly. And, and I have always loved media. I mean, that has just been, you know, a passion of mine since you know, before I graduated college. And, um, you know, the, the the landscape has changed so much over the last, you know, I, mean, I think it'd been changing, honestly, for the last 15 years, but the last five have been, you know, really definitive in the way that the, um, that the media landscape has changed and how so many people are leaning on um, their personal connections through influencers amongst, you know, other channels, but really an influencer in the social media space to drive their media consumption and also their, um, a lot of their e-commerce decisions. And so, you know, for me having, um, you know, grown up in media, you know, I really, I think we've talked about this before, but, um, you know, I, I really have come from all angles of the media landscape. I did PR, I did, uh, marketing, I did ad operations, um, I've done business development, general management, but you know my last foray was really in the affiliate and the e-commerce space on publishing, and I I found that you know it was a great space. Publishers are are getting you know much more accustomed to the opportunity that affiliate can provide to them in terms of the way that consumers use their content to make purchase decisions, but the reality is that influencers and the engagement that they have with their with their loyal users and with their audience is much more personal and that is much more um you know Im like just imperative in terms of the way that people are consuming um their content and consuming um you know products and so i think it was just it felt like such an interesting space to be in and i was so excited to be able to be a part of it so that's you know um a little bit about me. I think, you know, my um, my background in media has just given me such a passion to making sure that the influencers that we're working with have the um, have the insights and the data and the um, you know information they need to make their content businesses flourish. Um, and that could be from anyone from the smallest micro influencer up to you know someone big who's really thinking of being their own publishing house, you know, how can we make sure that we're providing them with all the data and the insights that they need to do that? Yeah, it's interesting. You actually come from a world that effectively is where influencers are trying to go, right? 
yeah. influencers and content creators are almost their own mini mini miniature publishing houses, effectively. You know, different platforms. Obviously, it's not. Uh, you know, it's no longer print media. It's no longer uh, perhaps even sometimes it's not even a blog. It's Instagram. You know, Snapchat now TikTok. Uh, you know, whatever the platform is, but you have this insight into, okay, as the industry matures, what are we going to need to provide these publishers? Because that's what you were doing in your previous life. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, I was actually thinking about this a little bit, um, you know, coming into this chat is that one of the things that is so hard for big publishers is that um, the, the, the weight that's pulling them down when they think about their advertising revenues is very, makes it very difficult for them to a be nimble and think very quickly about where their audience is going and how they're going to get there. And B, you know, a lot of times it, it, it inhibits them from being bold. Um, you know, I think that they, um, the, you know, traditionally like large media houses are so invested in, um, you know, they, they have just as even I would say some of the more recent ones still have, um, you know, grown on the backbone of, you know, media and display advertising, even, you know, sort of even somebody like, um, you know, who's like a BuzzFeed, who's really driven on native advertising. And I think that they've actually probably done a, a better job of sort of being bold and pivoting in places that they don't, that they hadn't been before, you know, they still, it, it is, it's a difficult scenario to have so many, um, so many, you know, investors and shareholders who are looking for big returns on a regular basis. And so it makes it hard for them to sort of really drive it. Like what happens is they, they sort of hone in on one thing and then they repeat it over and over and over again until it dies. And then they have to find something else to, you know, be a winner. And that's, I think really held them down because it, it feels like, you know, it's difficult for them to, you know, make those sort of big, bold, nimble moves. But influencers, I think, have the ability to just be much more bold to say, you know what, um, TikTok is where I need to be right now. And I'm going to spend a bunch of time going there and I'm going to, you know, go where my audience is and I'm going to provide them with the kind of content that they need to. And it's it's really fascinating to see sort of the waves that happen much more quickly um, with influencers and the content and the relationships that they have with their audience. They also have, you know, they have the ability to do that overnight. Uh, a lot of the legacy publishers, they, they get tied to a legacy revenue channel. And it might be decreasing, you know, 5 10% year over year, but it still covers the rent. And so they feel like they can't abandon it and they can't make those pivots on a dime like an influencer can. Uh, so it's really fascinating. But so you came over six months ago and then you've been handed the largest pandemic, certainly in any of our lifetimes in a one in a hundred year situation. How have things been going? So I think that it's been sort of not surprising and surprising all at the same time that things have actually been good for a lot of influencers. That sort of personal connection that they have with their audience and the way that they've been able to have, um, you know, the two-way conversation, which is so important in scenarios like this, where they can have a really honest sense of community with their audience and say to them, like, this is what I'm going through and this is what I know you guys are going through too, and this is how I'm handling it, has been so authentic and valuable in this time that business is actually doing well. Um, you know, we have seen something like a 40% increase in clicks year over year for April month to date and a similar, I think it was actually even higher in March. Um, and that I think is such a great reflection of the way that, um, you know, influencers have really become a, an extension of their audience's friend group, an extension of their family and that they trust them in such an authentic way. And that has been, you know, really good for business. You know, obviously, I mean, there's a lot of, um, there's still some uncertainty around the media side of the business. I think, you know, marketing and advertising has been tough right now. Um, and that's, it's going to be, a, a, I think, a little bit of time still before we can um, assess exactly where it's going and what's going to happen. But um, for us on the affiliate side, it has been just 
a really um, sort of great, great sort of glimmer of, of not even glimmer. It's been a real ray of hope um, and a really exciting time for us to see just how much um, our influencers have been able to um, really connect with their users. And that in turn has been really good for them and good for our affiliate partners. I want to get to that in a second, but let's talk a little bit about the the brand and agency side, uh, you know, the paid partnerships, the collaborations. What have you seen there? What have you been telling? What have you been working with your uh, your brands and agency partners with over the last several weeks? How have they approached it? How has it evolved? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think there's a lot of uncertainty right now, right? I mean, I think it was such, um, I don't know if it felt like it for you, but it was like this sort of slow drum of something's happening, something happening. And then it was March 12th. I feel like that switch just, you know, flipped and all of a sudden it was, you know, really apparent what was happening. And so really it's been less than a month since that happened, since we all got, um, you know, essentially, um, you know, shelter in place orders. And there's there's just so much uncertainty in the advertising market. You know, I think marketing is one of the first budgets that tend to go in a big crisis. Uh, you know, we saw the same thing in 2008. And so, there's really, because this was so sudden, there's just very little in the way of plans at the moment. You know, lots of marketers are just like, I am just stopping what I'm doing and I'm waiting to evaluate exactly what's going to happen before I make any big moves. And so, you know, for collective, what we're really focused on right now is making sure that we're providing sort of those insights and the data and the, you know, really well thought out help in terms of, you know, giving both our brands and our influencers as well, um, lots of value to them during this time so that they can see what's happening in the market. And especially when it comes to influencers, they can see what kind of value influencers can bring. And so when they're marketing budgets come back, they can really um, move quickly and know where the best place is to spend them. I can imagine that there's a, a very consultative approach going on right now between you and your brands and agencies, even the ones that aren't spending. Uh, and and can you make kind of broad generalization? Can you, can you kind of do a broad strokes in terms of, you know, we know that the travel industry is not spending right now. They're kind of cutting costs as best they can to survive. But are there some verticals that are still spending a lot with influencers, maybe beauty, maybe, uh, you know, apparel is probably down low. Do you have any sense for that in general? Yeah. So beauty is, I think, a really good one. Um, we are um, seeing that beauty is up a lot. Um, it's actually been growing quite a bit. I want to say that, you know, something like, um, and I just want to look at it really quickly because I, I did write these numbers down, but um, beauty in particular, I think has seen a growth of like 38, like eye serums saw a growth of 38%. And so we're definitely seeing a lot of um, interest and new spends. Actually, we just, we just, um, had a new beauty brand sign on with us for a campaign, um, a 25K campaign last week. Um, and we're bringing in lots of different advertisers because people are home, right? And they've got lots of time. There are a lot of folks who have lots of time to think about their beauty routine. Um, and so that is definitely something that people are investing in. Home is another one that we have as, um, you know, definitely, um, you know, a lot of opportunity for growth there. And there are some definitely folks who are spending in that that area. You know, retail and apparel is tough right now. I think, you know, there are a number of apparel um, companies that are doing well. Um, they're definitely in the loungewear space. It's things like slip-on shoes. Multi-brand retailers are definitely having a hard time right now. Um, you know, it's sort of, it's kind of funny because it's like you either have one end of the spectrum where um, they're doing honestly so much business that they need to slow down the business a little bit. And um, and so part of that is reflected in their affiliate programs where they're pulling back on their affiliate programs just because they honestly can't handle the volume that's coming their way. And then you also have have um, brand retailers who are not doing as well at this time. They're really struggling from having their, um, you know, their store shut down. And so their marketing budgets have been reflected. So, you know, keeping that in mind, we're really focused and we're um, definitely seeing a lot of opportunity coming from 
um, from beauty, from home, where we are working a lot more in the, you know, we're thinking a lot more about the kitchen and the food space. Um, and we think there's definitely opportunity there. People are really focused on that. And also garden has been another one that's been um, trending upwards. So there's, there's lots of opportunity, I think, to grow um, and for brands there to keep investing in influencers. And how do you see the budget stacking up inside of a brand for the, the brand and agency partners that you have? Where does influencer marketing budget fall within all of PR, all of marketing, all of advertising? Is it increasing? Is it decreasing? Is it getting more attention, less attention? Where does that sit right now? Uh, you know, I mean, I think that's a really good question, but I don't know that anybody, I, I don't know that there's a good trend because I think everybody has a different answer to this. Um, I think that there are, I think that there's still a lot, um, uh, in the way I think the people are, uh, so I'll say this. I think that people are the big brands that can are investing more in traditional TV the, the right now. I also think that brands are looking a lot more into, um, you know, SEM because the rates are actually really good right now. So things are moving around there. Uh, I think PR is more important than ever. Um, you know, messaging and the way that your uh, brand message comes across is crucial in a time like this. Um, and that has been, I think, just so important. But I also think that, you know, brands are realizing so, you know, if there there's um for influencers, like they are honestly one of the few production houses that are open right now when it comes to new and custom content. So for brands that are spending, this outlet feels like one where they can not only see a lot of direct value in terms of sales happening right away, but also one of the few places that they can get new custom content created. So there's definitely a lot of value to um, focusing on influencers in this particular moment. And what kind of questions are you fielding from brands and agencies right now on the influencer marketing front? Obviously, you have the paid campaigns. You also have the affiliate marketing. What kind of questions? What are they asking? What are what are what's top of mind for them right now as they look to navigate this very weird time? Most of it is around messaging. I think that, you know, there's they're always so there has been, I think unfortunately, like a handful of sort of high profile um influencers who have gotten some backlash about the way that they have either um handled a, a COVID crisis or maybe handled some sponsored content during this time. And so um and then, you know, there's also the brand side of messaging where I think brands are, are afraid that if they roll out a sponsored com uh, content or any kind of campaign at this moment, are they going to see just backlash from their consumers um, in, in terms of like what they're doing? And I actually, I just read um, an article in the Times this morning about how even a mega, um, a mega star like Reese Witherspoon got a ton of backlash on her Draper James um, brand because they tried to do... Um, they tried to do a give back, like a, a charity um, campaign where they were going to give away free dresses to a handful of teachers that applied for sort of like a, a sweepstakes kind of a thing or a contest. But they had, you know, only 250 dresses to give away. And because of Reese Witherspoon's status and the way that things are going viral right now, they had over a million applicants and they got so much backlash around it. And it became even worse because, you know, they sort of every person that applied, their email got put right into a marketing funnel that started to get, you know, hundreds of emails from Draper James right out of the gate. And it was really, um, you know, it was really unfortunate because I think that, um, you know, it just, it really, it really spoke to the uh, need to have really well thought out messaging right now. And so for us, you know, that's a lot of the questions we're getting around. How do we make sure that, you know, the um, campaign that we run is going to be effective in terms of um, really driving the right or making our consumers feel like we're a, a good brand, you know, a brand worth spending with right now. And so that's where I think that honestly, influencers have such a valuable position because, you know, straight up marketing can have, it's really just one-sided, right? You're just saying something out into the ether and hoping that people interpret it the right way. And an influencer can really massage that message. It can be very authentic and it can be very customized and very much two-way. You know, we see so many influencers who right out of the gate began polling their, um, 
their users and saying, hey, what do you want to hear about right now? Like, do you want to hear about what I'm wearing when I'm lounging around my house? Or do you want to hear about the face cream that I'm wearing? And so many users said, yes, they did. And they're also seeing that, you know, when they're doing sponsored content, they're being very open and honest and saying, hey, you know, this is part of my business. I am a small business, you know, for me to keep doing this for you guys, it's important for me to, um, to, for me to be able to do these sponsored posts. Is that okay with you? You know, so many consumers are doing that. And then we're also having, um, you know, influencers who are doing a lot of good. You know, there's a lot in terms of, you know, trying to find um, advertisers to work with that are sustainable, that are giving back. Influencers are giving back themselves. Kristen Cooper, who's one of uh, the big influencers we worked with, did a whole campaign where she gave away all of her commissions for a week. And so she was really open with her audience and saying, hey, I want to give back to healthcare workers. Uh, I'm going to be posting a lot about product this week and everything I earn is going over to you know, this charity. And that was really successful for her. So when we talk to brands about why it's valuable for them you know, to work with or what's important for them at this time, you know, messaging is often coming up and it's been really great for us to be able to explain to them why influencers drive home the right message for them and do it in such an authentic and communicative way. Yeah, I think that's really important. And you're absolutely right. There have been a few moments of bad press for influencers, but I've also just seen a tremendous amount of good going on. And the way I think about it at the brand level is you're getting micro-targeting in a way you can't get it anywhere else, right? You think about the Reese Witherspoon example, the Draper James example. They were trying to do something good. And unfortunately, it was too successful. So many people applied. And I bet internally they weren't communicating with their advertising department because the people who were putting on this wonderful effort, right, were not communicating with the folks who collect email addresses and then send out their email drip campaigns. And so the miscommunication or lack of communication there probably led to what felt like spam to a lot of people and they felt used and they felt tricked. Uh, when in reality, it's just two, two members of the same house not talking to each other. You don't have that with influencers, right? You can hire 10 or 20 influencers each in different markets across the U.S. They will tailor their message to their audience because, again, they're small businesses, like you pointed out. They can't afford to lose their followers or have backlash. And they also know what resonates with their followers. So you can have the same product communicated in very different ways to a variety of folks across the country in a more effective way campaign than trying to do something, you know, broad based on your own. And like you said, they're one of the few production houses that is that are actually open right now and and, you know, able to to do everything themselves, because when you do a photo shoot as a brand, you need stylists, you need a photographer, you need an editor, you need all sorts of folks just to get it off the ground and just to get, you know, images that you can share, you know, however you're going to share them. So it's it's really fascinating. And you can appreciate why a brand would be gun shy when you see a lot of, uh, you know, bad press around several influencers and it's easy to do. It's, you know, it's easy enough to call out the folks who aren't doing a good job, but there is a lot of good going on and a lot of money being raised. A lot of, like you said, being conscious of the, uh, the folks that are following you in the position that they're in. Um, you know, and, 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 but it's a, it's a very difficult time to navigate and both brands and influencers have to be incredibly thoughtful about their yeah. messaging and be overly communicative, both with their, uh, their followers and, and the devotees of the brands, but also internally with whoever they work with as a brand or as an influencer. So that's, that's really important. I, I think some, some great examples that you're bringing up. Um, and in terms of the, the brands that you're talking to right now, how do you think this is going to affect their approach to influencer marketing going forward? Do you think that when the economy kind of reopens, do you think there's going to be a fundamental shift in how they approach it? Do you think there's going to be a fundamental shift in kind of budgetary allocations? Any any thoughts around that? I, I do think that they're going to shift. I think one of the biggest shifts that I hope is going to happen is that they are going to be much more trusting in influencers in the way that they do collaborative content with them. You know, I, um, 
I found this a lot in the publishing world, and I think it still exists in the influencer world. But there are a lot of advertisers who, you know, and marketers who really want to control the message for every campaign in every uh, distribution method that we're, they're working with, including with influencers. But the thing about influencers is that they really know what content and what messaging is going to work best. And so what's happening right now, especially in an atmosphere like this, is that it's very collaborative between the influencer and the brand. And and, you know, we're really trying to consult with all of our brands to go that way because of the sensitivity around the market. And that has been proving so successful. Like we we had an, a retailer that we were working with who had a campaign that was set to run in March and it was actually supposed to be around workwear. And, you know, really quickly the influencer said, this is not going to work. You know, we need to pivot it to loungewear. And, you know, having that feedback from the influencer to the retailer was so important. I thought it really was a moment in which, um, you know, there was a, a, a good two-way conversation that happened between the content creator and the brand brand, which was much more directive from the content creator than I think had been in the past. And I would love for that to continue happening after sort of the economy reopens. You know, we want to make sure that brands understand that content creators know best what is going to resonate with their audience, what is best when it comes to the way that they're saying or, or, or filming or, you know, talking about or taking a picture about a, a you know, specific thing. Um, and so I would love to see that. I, you know, I also think that there's a lot of authenticity in the content that's being created right now and that it's not being highly produced. You know, do I think that things are never going to be highly produced again? No, um, I'm sure that they will go back to it. There's a lot of value and very beautifully shot photos. But I also think that, you know, I hope a lot of brands understand that the, you know, authenticity that's provided around, you know, self self-shot campaigns really helps um, drive business as well. So I think that there's um, there's a, a good opportunity that we're going to be able to see that trend continue after the economy reopens. Yeah. And I also think you're seeing some relationships between brands and influencers really be solidified. Um, you're seeing uh, brands who've worked with influencers for a long time leading up to this reach out to them because they know what they're going to get. They know they can be trusted. And I think you're also going to see coming out of this brands going back to the influencers who either did them a solid or worked with them really on a really tough campaign during a difficult time and delivered. Because yeah. oftentimes as an influencer, you forget that it's not a monolithic brand. There are people who have to answer to their bosses who are running these campaigns. And so if you make a very stressful time for them that much easier, they're going to be forever indebted to you. And the next time they have a campaign, whether it's at the same brand or a different brand, they're going to think of you because you helped them out in a tough time. That's a hundred percent right. And I love that philosophy. I actually, we have it a lot at collective as well. You know, we're really mindful that the people that we work with have to, like you said, answer up to, you know, a chain of individuals, many of whom don't really even understand how influencers work. So the more that we make their lives easier, the more that we can help showcase to them just how much this channel works. I mean, you know, this channel is still very new. You know, when you think about the the broad spectrum of marketing and advertising channels, this is really, um, you know, just nascent in, in its growth. And it's so exciting. And it's, it's just a little bit of a wild west, you know, in terms of um, what the advertisers and the marketers expect and understand about the business. So the more that we can consult them, the more that we can help them, we, we can handhold them through the entire process. And that's, you know, for a collective to help influencers with and, you know, for the influencers to help the brands with, you know, I think it's so, it's so valuable. If you can, just like you said, leave that lasting impression on someone that, you know, you made their job easier. You made that product move. You made their lives, um, you know, more calm and sensible in this in this very difficult time. It is going to really, I think, resonate with them in the long term and make them feel um, extremely grateful uh, in the long run and really give an opportunity to to sort of grow that relationship for quite a while. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be any major gesture or Herculean effort. It can simply be overly communicative, delivering on time, 
hitting the target as, as, you know, in terms of the scope that was put together, just doing the basic things to make everybody feel comfortable with what's coming out. Um, I want to dig into consumer behavior and, and ultimately influencers, but what would you say as kind of parting thoughts to any brand marketer, you know, agency out there who's thinking about influencer marketing what recommendations would you have for them? What thoughts would you have for them? I mean, I think, um, you know, a lot that we've touched on still, you know, really sort of rings true, which is that, you know, influencers are um, so valuable when it comes to connecting with a wide range of consumers. You know, we've seen a, a fantastic trend where, you know, not just really big influencers, but influencers sort of at the, you know, macro and the nano level have such a strong ability to engage with and convert um, influence or convert their consumers and their, and their sort of loyal followers. And so for brands, like understanding how to uh, work with and sort of harness the power of influencers is such an important opportunity at this moment in time when many traditional methods of advertising are, you know, either limited because there's no production available to them now or, you know, limiting in their ability to have that two-way conversation, that that really authentic communicative way of expressing your messaging. And so I would just really, you know, emphasize that, you know, the value of having um, that community that surrounds an influencer is so crucial um, right now and even even looking forward into, you know, what the new normal is going to look like after this is all done. So if you're a brand or agency looking for a little help on the influencer marketing front, make sure you head over to shopstylecollective.com forward slash brands or email brandpartnerships at shopstyle.com, a wonderful team, and they can certainly help you out. So next, I want to talk about consumer behavior. We talked a little bit about this already. You said you've seen a 40% increase year over year in terms of clicks in April. Um and you're one of the few platforms that actually has real access to data. And I think that's becoming more and more important as the influencer marketing industry evolves and, and really matures. So what other shifts are you seeing in consumer behavior? Obviously, we talked a little bit about beauty. We talked about loungewear, home. Um, what other things are you seeing? Are you seeing a change in conversion rates, average order values, kind of the prices of items that are being purchased, traffic channels? You know, is it coming more from Instagram, YouTube, blogs? Like, what are some of the consumer behaviors that you're seeing right now? Yeah. So, I mean, conversion rate is up like crazy. I'm not kidding when I tell you that it's up over 70% month to date in April. It's crazy crazy high. I will wow. say the AOV is lower, right? And so that is sort of the the a little bit of the trade-off, right? And I, I actually don't think it's a trade-off because I think that, you know, ultimately ultimately having consumers buy at a higher rate, even if they're buying lower price items. And it's it's not surprising, right? I mean, I think that, you know, the way that retail is going right now and the things that people are buying, they are necessarily less expensive. Obviously loungewear is much less expensive than, you know, dresses or boots or anything along those lines. So, you know, that makes sense. But the conversion rate is really astounding and has been, I think, a huge driver for us in terms of um, the business opportunity. And I think the conversion rate is there, is growing at such a high rate because the influencers are, are providing um like really personal recommendations, you know, like a lot of the things that we've been seeing um, that have been trending a lot are around, you know, I mean, things like um, things that you need right now that you maybe weren't thinking about before. There's a lot of like slip on footwear, right? I don't want to necessarily have to like touch my, you know, taking things off, right? When you get in, um, get to your house or your apartment, so you don't track in um, any germs or anything like that. Obviously, there's a lot in ways of loungewear, um, but then we're also seeing a ton in the way of family entertainment. Um, you know, I've got three kids and now I'm homeschooling. We've talked about this before and, and entertaining full time. So, you know, having influencers who are recommending, like I use this 
um, I use this game or this, um, you know, this activity to occupy my kids for 30 minutes or for an hour. It's so valuable right now. And so I think that's really what's driving up the conversion rates. I've been actually talking, uh, one of our influencers recommended a cardboard house on Amazon, um, you know, for 35 bucks and I bought it and my kids have been obsessed with it. It has been the best $35 I've spent because you can paint it, you can draw on it, you can play in it. And it's those kinds of things that I think are so valuable um, that consumers are loving right now. There's also a ton in the way of kitchen, right? Everybody's cooking right now. So there's Instant Pots. There's um, We saw a huge spike actually in Pyrex and in um, Muffin Tins were another big one. Everybody's making banana bread and banana muffins. And so those are really, really growing. And then there's also the other thing that spiked for us, which was really funny, was um, bottle openers and corkscrews. Uh, and martini glasses. That was a good one that, that has spiked recently. That's great. Yeah. Everybody is is making banana bread and having a martini while doing it. Exactly. We actually, you know, it's really funny as we did um, with, um, and Mary was on it. We did a webinar last week um, with, um, with some of our influencers and some of our brand partners and um, Kat Tanita from With Love from Kat was talking about how she's been doing Thursday night happy hours with her boyfriend on the, on Instagram live. And that it's been like a total hit that people are, you know, getting dressed up to join her, that everybody's having martinis. I have also been seeing a trend on my feed of kids having, um, like mocktails in martini glasses. So everybody, even, even the non-alcoholic drinkers are getting in on the martini trend. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Now turning our attention to influencers, we've gone through, a bunch of changes in consumer behavior. When you're obviously, your influencers are seeing this in your dashboards, that's an incredibly important part of running your business as an influencer, understanding what is resonating with your audience, getting those people, the products that they want or need, or that even just serve as a distraction during a very, what is a stressful time. So what are you providing the influencers in terms of guidance? You know, how are they adjusting their content messaging? What, what are you seeing out of them right now? So we're giving them a lot of guidance in terms of top trending categories and products. So we're really trying to be there for them in understanding, you know, giving them. So some of the insights we just talked about, we're trying to stay really ahead of the curve of that. So we're looking at things like we like to call them, you know, sort of up and comers. So products that are seeing spikes. In, so even if they're not our top products out of the gate, if they're seeing huge jump in growth, so say they moved from you know number 775 in the list of top products to number 500, that's a huge spike. We want to tell people that. We want to give them those growth percentages and help them understand that like this is coming up. You know, people are starting to think about this. You should use this as an opportunity to talk about it to your consumers. We're also talking to them about messaging, right? We're talking to them about you know. I I think and um, important for us to note that on a human level, like we really wanted to tell our influencers right out of the gate, we are here for you. We're here to support you, whatever you need. Um, and so, you know, we're here, we're able to, even when we're working from home, we're able to give you whatever support you need in the way of dat- data, in the way of content insights, also in the way of, you know, just really important revenue help. If you're concerned about anything on the revenue side, please let us know we're here to guide you. Um, and then I think, you know, we're giving them regular messaging uh, we have our own Facebook group. We've got messaging on our dashboard. We've got um, email. We've got um, you know intercom messages that happen um, through the dashboard. And so in those sort of methods, we're trying to make sure that they get the kind of interesting um, insights and data and also a lot about retailers. I mean, one of the things that I don't think we've talked about a ton yet, but is really true is that the affiliate program landscape is just changing on a dime. You know, every day, like somebody's going up. Somebody's going down in terms of the commission that they're offering. And so we're being very proactive in telling all of our influencers as soon as things happen, hey, this retailer is pulling back on their affiliate program or, hey, this retailer has gone up to 25%. You know, there's a huge opportunity there. There's a sale. There's going to be. And we have seen, I think, a number of influencers who have been so savvy around data really take advantage of that. I mean, spikes for us in the past 
three weeks have been, um, in terms of total commission days, have been close to what we see around a Black Friday. It's been insane. Some of the folks have been just so smart in seeing, um, you know, commission plus conversion plus, um, you know, uh, sales sales data to just capitalize on it like crazy. It's been it's just been amazing. It's wonderful that you're keeping them updated because that's one of the hardest things about this. A lot of influencers feel like they're on an island, right? They work from home, which everybody's doing now, and and they feel can feel somewhat disconnected. But if they have a trusted partner that they can go to for questions that they might have, for guidance on what's going on, for information on what brands and retailers are thinking, that's the one of the biggest problems, not being able to understand what's going on on the brand side. So if they have somebody that they can go to, it really allows them to elevate their business in an interesting way. But what do you do about balancing kind of organic content and what's going on in the world versus the revenue side of running an influencer business? Because it's tough. Influencers run small businesses. And in many cases, they are the sole income winners in their homes. They're paying the mortgage. They're paying the rent. They're saving money for college. They're putting their kids through school. And so they and they are employing people. Uh, so how, what are you seeing on that side of things, trying to balance that with understanding that we're going through a tough time and not being too mercenary about it? I think that the influencers who are being really mindful about integrating um, content that is not just product focus are actually the ones that are doing the best right now because of the way that they're Built, like sort of fostering the community um, that they have there and being really honest with them and saying, hey, I don't necessarily always want to talk about that all the time. I mean, even, um, you know, Erin from Living in Yellow did a post on her stories the other day and just saying, hey, you know what? I'm kind of in a funk right now and things are a little bit tough and it's it's a really tough time to be here. And, and I just want to um, acknowledge that and have a moment and I'm not going to necessarily post as much as I do. And I think that that authenticity honestly drives um, the consumers to really feel that much more connected to them because it is real life. You know, like not everybody is going to buy things, you know, 12 times a day as much as we would all love to. Like we all have lots of other stuff. And so being able to expand the repertoire of the kind of content that you have um, and that you're bringing to your followers is just even more valuable at a time like this. And I think creates a much broader sense of engagement, um, which is in the long run going to benefit everybody that much more. You know, I mean, I saw a blogger who was like really a traditional, um, you know, fashion and even like somewhat home decor blogger talk about like bingeable TV shows right now. Everybody wants to know something else to watch. Like I was, you know, I was on the couch for nine days. I, I went through a lot of television. I was looking for a lot of programs to watch and it was really valuable to get that. So I think that, um, you know, we, we have to, you know, we have to be, um, I think that we're, we're trying to provide um, solace to folks who are nervous about taking their foot off the gas um, when it comes to affiliate revenue, because there's, there's always some nerves around like, Hey, am I going to, um, you know, meet the bills or be able to, you know, earn what I had in the past or certainly like, a, a, you know, really valid concerns around being able to, um, you know, pay for employees, um, pay vendors, all that kind of stuff. But I, I do, you know, we have definitely seen the trend that, you know, being able to broaden the content sphere outside of just products is not, um, it's, it is really valuable. You know, it provides a real sense of community, a real sense of engagement, and a real sense of trust. Um, and that is in the long run going to be worth it. And I also think that you're going to see during this period of time, the folks who are, and, and we all hate to use this word, but it's it's the reality, the people who are authentic, who are really good at building a community and who don't, aren't just mercenaries. Hey, this product is trending. I'm going to share it, you know, so swipe up to buy this product because every, you know, but actually integrating it into their content and making it seamless because it is natural. It is organic to who they are. They're going to separate themselves from po folks who are just shilling products. Um, and I think you're going to start to see that, especially over the course of the next several weeks now that people are settled down and whatnot, because we are seeing backlash against folks who haven't navigated this 
time well. And we've seen a lot of people who have been embraced and grown like crazy. Um, I just, uh, we just released an episode with Jamie Beck from Ann Street Studio, um, or she just changed her handle to to jamiebeck.co. She started the hashtag isolation creation movement, completely organic. She lost- I love her. I love her. I was waiting for- Come out today. I didn't see it. Did it come out today? You're... Yeah, it came out today. Uh, just a phenomenal story. Uh, everything has been completely organic. She invested tens of thousands of dollars into her own exhibition, which got canceled. She lost all of her commercial projects. But in instead of wallowing, she decided that, all right, I'm going to create a piece of art every single day I'm in lockdown. Join me. It's got over 180,000 submissions over the course of the last, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks. And not only that, but it pushed her to set up her own e-commerce store in three days. She's been selling out of her prints. And so you you see these folks who are uh, the people who are going to be resilient, the people who are building a real community who, you know, haven't bought followers, haven't, you know, done the things that you've been told not to do, uh, really rise and create these wonderful movements or campaigns or even just content in, in these wonderful communities. And I think you're going to see them kind of separate themselves after all of this is done and continue to grow. I 100% agree with you. I think she's a fantastic example. And I think, um, you know, that is just another great example of how influencers are so much more nimble and so much more um, bold and exciting when you, when you compare them to, you know, a a traditional media house, um, you know, which would I think have, there's always there's so many layers of approval that would happen to do a big project like that and it's just so exciting um you know to think about how she's going to grow her business and how she's able to pivot and how she's able to just move things along so um i don't know i i love her i'm so glad you did an interview with her she's such a gem yeah she really is and but i i want to also hearken back to something that you said earlier that i think is really important because this is a time for opportunity. And it's tough to say because there's so much struggle going on right now. There's so much hardship. You know, our healthcare workers are, you know, holding us all together. There are the essential workers who are continuing to make the company, the country run while we're uh, isolating. But if in your business, in the business sense, uh, as it, when it comes to influencers, and that's what this podcast and this business is all about, there is an opportunity to separate yourself. There is an opportunity to reinvent yourself. And one of the things that Jamie said on the podcast is everything has effectively been stripped from you. You have to start clean. You have to start fresh. We are no longer operating in a normal environment. And so it's given you the excuse to do the things that you've always wanted to do or that you've been scared to do, because now you're not holding on to anything. It's a completely new world, and you have the opportunity to do something completely new or what might seem extremely bold. But at the same time, what you said earlier about having those moments where you're not feeling motivated, you're feeling down, that's okay too. Not every minute of every day has to be uber productive where you're completely reinventing yourself. And so it's it's really important, especially as a small business owner, as an influencer, to understand that you're going to have those days. Especially, you know, if you have children that you're caring for and you don't have any childcare because everybody has to stay at home, you're just not going to be able to work the same way. And so being able to give yourself a little bit of grace and understanding that, yes, there's an opportunity to be bold and separate myself, but at the same time, I'm going to have some days where it doesn't make sense or I'm going to have some days where I just can't do it. I'm going to have some days that are just down. It's okay. And in, in fact, it's endearing because it makes you more human. Not everything needs to be the highlight reel anymore. I'm totally with you. I mean, we talk about it, you know, I talk about it a lot with my team um, because I think that, you know, even within our collective business, I'm trying to be, you know, really mindful and supportive of our team and what they're going through right now. You know, I'm going through a lot. It is hard to be home. Um, it is hard to be, um, you know, have your your world turned upside down. It's often hard to have parents who are, you know, not in um, close proximity that are, you know, immune compromised or um, or have, you know, have um, just are older and, and, you know, at risk. And I think that, you know, really acknowledging that and and just saying, you know, I'm here when I can be here and I'm present when I can be present. And there are some moments where I just can't, you know, I mean, we, um, 
we have to all be thoughtful about that. We have to be supportive um, about that. And we have to be um, really, I think, here to sort of catch folks as they feel like they're falling instead of putting more pressure on anyone. I mean, yes, if you have it, um, you know, if you have the mindset to use this time to do all the things that, you know, you'd been trying to do, like, I'm so supportive and, and happy. And, and so, um, you know, that's such a wonderful thing. And there's, and there's, and I think that, you know, honestly too, I mean, now that I'm sort of saying it, it's, it's something where, um, you know, collectively, there's going to be ebbs and flows in everybody's experience during this, you know, sort of, pandemic. And so, you know, as a whole, like knowing that you'll have highs and lows and knowing that, you know, there'll be other highs and lows around you and that, you know, we're here to help. You know, I think that's another thing that's really wonderful about the influencer community that you don't have in a lot of other, um, you know, businesses or, or, you know, markets is that it is really a community, like the friendships and the relationships that many influencers have with each other are there for a reason, you know, I mean, I think that they're there to help, you know, if they see somebody who's struggling or who's having a hard time, you know, we're, we're here to help you. We're here to, you know, I want to promote something that you're doing, or I want to link to you. I want to make sure that people know about you because, you know, you're a friend of mine and you're a colleague and you're someone that I'm invested in seeing succeed. And so, you know, this moment in time, I think is so important to, you know, give ourselves the space to, you know, see things go up and down to know that we're not always going to be able to rise to the occasion that there, you know, will be days where we just need to walk away for a minute or, you know, sit in, in the, um, you know, in like a closet, and just be there for a minute so you can be by yourself. And that's okay, you know, and then there'll be sometimes where you're like, you know what, I am so excited. And I think that this is going to be, you know, I can, I can do something amazing and I can be, you know, I can really reinvent myself and, you know, even falling somewhere in the middle of that spectrum anywhere is, is totally something that we're here for and we're here to support, you know, in this time. So I think that, you know, just knowing that and and being there to help you is the best thing that we could do right now. Absolutely. And I think one of the most important things, because a lot of these, Folks who have started these influencer businesses, they're self-starters, type A personalities out there, used to doing everything on their own, you know, being the stylist, being the producer, being the photographer. It's okay to ask for help. And I think it's wonderful that ShopStyle is really making a, a really big effort. They always do. But now in this time in particular, you guys have really done an, a wonderful job of reaching out to influencers. Uh, so to that end, if I'm an influencer and I'm looking for a little help, a little support, more answers on the data side, on the on the brand and retailer side, where can I go to either sign up, get a you know get in contact with and start working with uh, ShopStyle Collective? So the best place to go is shopstylethecollective.com. From there, you'll get um, the ability to sign up and we'll put you through a flow where you can sign up. You'll apply. Um, you know, we'll ask you a handful of questions. We'll want to, you know, just understand what platforms are most important to you. And then from there, you'll be able to um, actually demo what the platform looks like, make sure it's the right one for you. And then we'll notify you about your application. You know, if you have any questions, like where, you know, there's opportunities to ask questions or, you know, contact us. But, you know, we're, we're just really enthusiastic about growing our community. You know, that's actually going to be a really important um, and it's always been an important initiative for us. But as we look into 2020, um, we're looking to expand um, our our network quite a bit. We feel like this this sort of industry is only going to continue to flourish. That There's so much opportunity out there right now. And so we're really excited to bring on lots of new people to help them do that. That's wonderful. And you guys cover a broad range of influencers. It's not just folks on Instagram or blogs. You also have tools for YouTube. I mean, you have a wonderful array of tools. So regardless of what type of content creation you do, highly recommend you check out shopstylecollective.com. Follow them on Instagram as well, at Shop Style Collective. A wonderful group of people and really have stood out in terms of helping influencers in, in what is a very difficult time. Thank you. Yeah, we really really feel like that um 
you know, we want to be here. We want to help um, influencers. They are small businesses, just like all the other small businesses out there. And we want to be there to help that um, economy grow. And, you know, in all categories, you know, we're here to support, you know, everybody from fashion bloggers to home to food, you know, even men's bloggers, like anybody that's out there, we're here to help, um, you know, monetize your business. And so we would love to, to be able to support you. Wonderful. Well, Lindsay, thanks so much for joining us today in Influencer Business. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Rich. It's been great. A great conversation. Thanks again to Lindsay for joining us today. If you're an influencer and you don't already belong to the ShopStyle Collective community, make sure you head over to ShopStyleCollective.com and sign up. It's free. There is no charge. They have an amazing array of tools. They have an awesome platform. The team is excellent, and they will help you grow your business. They have tools for everything, your blog, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, everything you could think of. So however you create content, make sure you head over to ShopStyleCollective. They can help you. And if you're a brand or a retailer and agency and you're looking for a good partner when it comes to influencer marketing, hit up ShopStyle Collective, shopstylecollective.com forward slash brands. Again, an awesome team, a great platform, and they can help you with your influencer marketing needs. Before I let you go, I want to mention a couple things that Lindsay talked about. First of all, influencers are still open for business. And this is significant because there are a lot of production houses, there are a lot of creative agencies that simply can't do what influencers can do right now. Influencers are like one-person production houses. They are open for business. So if you're a brand or a retailer on the fence about working with influencers, don't be. Because that leads to my next point. Not only are they open for business, but they know their audience better than anyone else. And they allow you to connect with a wide range of people in a very targeted way that's extremely unique. And then on the influencer side, now is the time to expand your repertoire of content and create a broader sense of engagement with your audience. It's a very, very tough time, but make the most of it to the extent that you can. That's all we got for you today on Influencer Business. But if you've made it this far, hopefully we've brought you something of value. And so please go give us that five-star rating. Leave us that glowing review. It really helps us out, and we truly do appreciate it. Shout out to Pete Crimmy and the team over at Sound Lounge for always making us sound better over the podcast than we do in person. Make sure you tune in next week. we got another great episode coming for you. Thanks again for joining us on Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Goodlari, and we'll see you next time.